This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. It's a Partnership Podcast. It's Eric Williams, and I am joined by President and CEO El Jefe, my boss, on his birthday, Mr. Chris Romer. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Happy and, birthday. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's... Getting older beats the alternative, so I'm I'm good. I'm happy to be here and happy to be talking with you today. Should we ask how old you are? Is that how we should start the podcast? We, we can ask. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm 47 today. Yeah, you really don't care, do you? I don't really care. I know some people like care. I stopped at 39. You're like I didn't. I kept no, aging. No, yeah, age age is a number, and you know, aging beats the alternative. Like I said, so I'm I'm good. I'm happy. I'm fine. Um, and we'll continue to keep pushing. I'll I'm, keep pushing until I'm too tired to push. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, but there's a magnet that's on my wall that says, "How old would you be if you didn't know how old you were?" What's your answer to that question? I I, I would answer that with, "I might be old, but at least I'm immature." <laughs> there we so go. So the um, I probably I don't know. I think age is age is what it is. It's fine. That's that's a Romerism here. And whenever you're consuming this, it might not be Chris's birthday, but uh, you know, whenever you do. Check out this podcast. Certainly go wish him a happy birthday. Uh, I wanted to uh, steal your time just a little bit, and let's talk about uh, business here in the Valley. Chris, being president and CEO here at Vale Valley Partnership Regional Chamber of Commerce. You probably know that if you're tuned into the podcast, but if you're not, let's talk a little bit about this winter. Uh, everything said this was the, uh, and you had warned us, not warned, but challenged us, this is the biggest winter Vale is ever going to experience. Did we see that, and how did we fare? In fact, we did. Yeah. It was the, the biggest in terms of uh, visitor volume, in terms of sales tax collections, in terms of lodging occupancy. Most all of those metrics that we would look at that would define a successful season, um, we, we crushed it, right? And usually when there's more visitors, there's more business. And when there's more business business owners are happier. Sure. Um, this year, we did see a little bit of a, a challenge, the warning that, that we saw coming in September and October of last year. We hop in our DeLorean with a flex capacitor. We hit 88 miles an hour. We went back in time. And the things that we were talking about last fall leading into the season um, came true. Yeah. We had a really hard season. While things were, were really good from a metric standpoint, um, it was a really hard season, and, and I'm immensely proud of our community and especially our frontline workers in, in retail and restaurants and um, on the mountain and everyone interacting with our, our guests and visitors and second homeowners. We persevered, and I think coming out of this winter season and looking ahead to the summer season, um, we should be really proud of the fact that we persevered and we provided relatively good yeah. to great levels of service. Yeah in an environment where we had very real workforce challenges and, and very real pressures on, on people's time and, um, and efforts and, and mental health and all of the things that, that have been talked about in this community. So perseverance is our, my number one takeaway from the winter outside of the, the, the metrics and the volume that I talked about. My takeaway isn't those things. Those things are, 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 are good. And again, they beat the alternative as well. Yeah. Having a, Having a really good year with real hardships is better than having a really bad year where it causes other hardships. For sure. So we're, we're, we're in a good place. And as we look ahead to summer, I think we don't, we don't, see, we don't see the tide turning a whole lot. It's, it, we're going to have really good volume of visitors. We're going to have high visitation. The group and meeting business is back with a vengeance. 
which, which means that our Sundays through Thursdays are going to be more popular than they have been, um, certainly the past couple of years, but even pre-pandemic. Our midweek business is going to be stronger. The data is showing that our midweek business is going to not see the significant drop-off that we usually see, um, and primarily due to groups and meeting business, but also due to an increase in out-of-state visitors and a return of international visitors. Um, our events, our event calendar is, is jam-packed again. Um, with, with every, you know, weekends are full and there's a lot of midweek things and the amphitheater has lots of activation and the Villar has lots of activation and things are happening in Eagle with the block party and gypsum with gypsum days and Mintern with the markets. And, you know, it's throughout the Valley, there's, there's something going on all the time to provide either a reason to visit or a great way to spend your time once you're here that provide those surprise and delight experiences for, for people. So, Summer is going to be popular. Yeah. And again, generally speaking, that causes good problems. Causes good problems. We like good problems. Let's go back to uh, briefly just to the guest experience a little bit. Because one of the things that you challenged uh, our staff on uh, as the winter was beginning, you said, listen, people are going to be coming to this valley. They're going to be paying more than they have as the uh, cost of equipment has gone up, the cost of travel has gone up, and they're going to be receiving less quality of service. Just a little bit because of the way that we have, uh, you know, obviously the shortage of employees and so forth. So when we saw guests come pay more for a less quality experience that they have in the past, what was kind of the overall guest sense, if you have a sense of that, from business owners? And then how do we mitigate that moving forward? Yeah, and let, let's frame that the right way with, with regards to lower service or less service. Yeah. Um, even businesses that are fully staffed, it is, it is near impossible to provide the same level of service when there's an increase in volume of, of 20% or more. So if you have 20% more customers coming in, um, without changing the number of seats you have or without changing your square footage in your space or without changing the number of people you can accommodate in your activity, by definition, by nature, your service will not be able to stay the same because you have that much more pressure, assuming you're fully staffed. Yeah. A lot of people are not fully staffed, so you add that pressure to it. Um, our service levels, I think, again, that perseverance term that I used before, we should be really proud of the service levels we're providing I think the business community as a whole stepped up in really big ways and owners and managers and um, folks working maybe more in operations than they historically have and, and really taking care of their employees in ways they never thought to in the past, not because they didn't care, of course not, more from the standpoint that it, it, they're more cognizant of how you take care of your staff and how you number of businesses that close one day a week or reduce their hours or reduce some of the services that they or supplies that they typically or historically might have offered. They did made those changes in order to take care of their people so their people could take care of the guests. So I, from everything I've seen and everything I know, our service levels stayed remarkably strong in what was and remains a really challenging environment. Yeah. So I, th I think we should be really proud of that. And I think that our businesses as a whole understand the importance of focusing on that, that guest experience and that customer experience, you know, and we're seeing it in every industry, you know, much like I've, I've used this term many times, the industry agnostic. Our challenges and our opportunities in this valley are industry agnostic. 
be it, be it construction or finance, be it in information technology or certainly in, in tourism, we need to make changes. We need to adjust hours. We need to adjust the operating um, operational constraints that exist for our businesses in order to meet our goals and provide that high level of service. And people are doing that and customers understand. That's, customers get it. I think that's it. a big part. It's a big part and we've, we're communicating it and we're being upfront and honest so there's no surprises, you know, be it banks changing branches or changing hours of their branches, be it construction companies having longer time frames and needing to be flexible on what, what gear you get at your favorite outdoor store. Like it comes down to communication and, and managing the expectations and I think our business community as a whole has done a really, really good job of doing that and just being upfront. Hey, we're closed on Mondays yep. because we're taking care of our people. Hey, we, we please be patient and understanding as we have supply chain challenges of what products we're able to get in. Um, we'll get it for you. We have, we have a special guest here today. Yeah, we do. Um, if you heard that dog bark, it's because, you know, it's, it's Friday, supply chain problems it's Friday and as, as we're here, yeah, we have supply chain challenges with uh, milk bones. So we're going to work on that to make sure we're fully stocked here at the VVP offices. I love that. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be a Colorado podcast without a dog barking in the background, would it? It was intentional. <laughs> Let me ask you the question that gets asked to you in uh, every lane of the grocery store when you're stopped in your car at a stoplight whether you're in the post office everybody says uh, Chris I need more employees all these business owners say Chris I need more employees if we look at our demographic information you know we're somewhere around 4,000 employees short in this valley and it's not going to change is it am I am I saying this I don't think we're going to see 4,000 people move in to an apartment complex that is not yet built and fill every job that's needed so what's the answer what do you tell all these people in the grocery store you just Push your cart by really fast. Well, I only do that to you. Yeah, okay. That was, I've seen when it. when yeah. I see you in you're, the grocery store, I the intentionally go to a different aisle. No, the, the answer to the workforce problem is it, there's no easy answer to it, right? It's multifaceted. We need to continue to focus on how we retain our youth that, are, that grow up here. Right? We have the CareerWise program. People know about that. We need to find ways to increase that talent pipeline and retain those kids into the, into the trades, into uh, hospitality, into every field. We need to do a better job of um, attracting and retaining young professionals. Our demographics for years and years, dating back to the time they started turning chairlifts on Vail Mountain in 1962, is attract and pray. Attract young people call it age 20 to 26, and pray that they stay. We as a community, and we're working on this through our Vail Valley Works programs, and I know a number of other businesses are being really intentional about this, but attract and pray is a broken business model. We need to do better, and we need to find ways to invest in our employees and provide professional development training opportunities, provide that, that skills training, that upskilling, provide those, those programs where we move from attract and pray to attract and retain, and it, retaining them through investment in, in skills training and, and finding career pathways for those, those young professionals to find their place here. There's housing, yeah. there's early childhood, there's all the other impacts, uh, transit. 
that, that play into those things. But at the, at the core, the base answer to the workforce problem is, number one, you're correct. We will not solve this problem by building new apartments and praying that we can fill the jobs. We do have unemployment at 2.5% or less. We are essentially at full employment with thousands of jobs open. I would never tell a business not to grow. We want our businesses to grow. We love the success stories of our startup businesses that grow to 20, 40, 60, 80 employees in three or four or five years. Those are things that we, we want to continue to celebrate. And from a workforce standpoint, how do we do it? We, we invest in our people. We take care of our people and we intentionally move away from uh, attract and pray towards attract and invest. We need that attract and invest model. We need to invest in our people. And some people will say to me, well, Chris, what if those people leave? So, well, they're already leaving. Yeah. What if you invest in them and they stay? Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the transition that we are making as a community. And I'm, I'm really um, enthused and excited about what that looks like. And we know our businesses are going to continue to grow. And that's good for community. That's good. Jobs are people, Eric. Yeah. Right? Jobs are people. So having open jobs means we need people to fill them. And some of those people are already in our community and we need to reskill them. Others we need to recruit in and provide them the, every chance to succeed. And for the third, robots. No, never mind. We're not going there. Uh, at the end of our podcast time together... Uh, you, we've talked about so many that there are no silver bullets in any of this, but uh, what are you loading your summer business? No, I don't want to use any weapon re- reference. Never mind. There's no silver bullets, but, uh, but what would be if there were such a thing for businesses this coming summer? If you were a small business owner in this town, you're listening to the podcast, what are you really focusing on right now, knowing that this tide of humans is coming? Yeah, we're, we're going to have the visitor volume. I think the focus needs to be on how we take care of our customers. It needs to be customer-centric and customer-focused. And in order to be customer-focused, you need to first be employee-focused. You need to take care of your people. And you need to be, you need to, if you don't take care of your people, it's impossible to take care of your customers and your guests. So focused on, if you need to close a day a week, do it. There's dozens of businesses that have done that with no negative implications. Yeah, they're not people like turning, no, I'm not coming back, not at all. Not every, every business owner I've heard of that has mitigated their, their hours or their days of week has said that it didn't impact their no. bottom line. It's been met with respect by most of the community. With respect. Yep. Met with respect and met with understanding. So do the things you need to do to take care of your people so that they can take care of your guests. Um, these two things are absolutely directly connected to each other and taking care of the guest, which I started with can only happen if you take care of your people and take care of your employees. So invest in their professional development, invest in their mental health, give them opportunities to thrive, give them the autonomy to succeed and take care of their, their customers and their guests. Um, and I think our, our guest satisfaction efforts and our, um, customer service skills will continue to, maintain or even improve when we when we give our people the skills needed to make that happen. I did say uh, no silver bullets in this one, but uh, boy, if you have to pick one out for summer business retention and uh, and honestly just doing well within your business, the taking care of those people is absolutely what we need to do. Uh, that's why you're president and CEO here at Vale Valley Partnership. That's why you're 47 years old uh, as of today, still in this job, digging it still. 
Take it, all oh, these people. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's a, it, number one, it's a terrible job. No one would want it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> with that out of the way, um, yeah, you know, I'm blessed every single day that I get to come to work and work with the people that I get to work with, work with the board that I get to work with. And most importantly, it will work with the business community that we get to work with. This is a, there's very real challenges as we know, but the entrepreneurial nature of this community and the picking each other up over the bootstraps and collaborating to solve problems, um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Boom. There we go. Uh, Chris Romer is president and CEO of Vale Valley Partnership. Uh, a lot of those resources he talked about, including upskilling professional development, can be found on the website at valevalleypartnership.com. You can find more information at Vale Valley Works. And, of course, be uh, sure to wish Chris a happy birthday when you do see him. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. See you on the flip side. There you go. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valevalleypartnership.com.